Hi everybody, welcome to the Recovery from Relapse Overeaters Anonymous meeting. My name is Rita Q. Today is Tuesday, the 4th of January, 2022. And today I am very honored to welcome a friend and fellow in OA, Paul G. Paul came back to OA in September, 2020. And today he is going to explain his experience, strength and hope to us. Take it away, Paul. Thank you so much, Rita. And uh, I'm honored to uh, speak to a handful of my closest friends here this morning. And um, I'd like to start off in, in prayer. Um, and, and I'll just say what, you know, what I notice is, is that um, I'm anxious and I feel it in the pit of my stomach. Um, and uh, my chest is a bit tight. And I, I just tell you that because that's a gift of recovery, because now I notice those things in my body. I notice body tension and that those are my instincts trying to protect me. Um, so um, let's start off with a, a prayer. God, um, you know, we're all your kids here. And I'm so grateful to be uh, in this family. I'm so grateful to have uh, reconnected with you as the source of uh, everything in my life, the source of strength, inspiration, and direction. And I'm so grateful to this community for providing that to me. Um, and um, may, may my words today be your words, would be any uh, grace or uh, benefit from this program be your gift to me and, and may at least one person this morning be moved and uh, to jump into recovery, jump into the big book and uh, uh, turn their lives uh, toward you and uh, this spiritual solution. So with that, I'll start. So, um, I, I, I'm going to uh, share some photos and uh, let's see if I can get that up. Let me get rid of this. So can you see that? Okay. So these are just... Um, some pictures of what would have looked like a normal child uh, and a normal teenager with his, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Westphalia camper that had been imported for Europe from uh, Germany, not by me, but by the previous owner. So I think things looked uh, pretty normal. Um, and then I, I look at uh, the very center of this second uh, collage of pictures, and that's me when I graduated. And that was uh, the beginnings of the Husky Paul uh, in junior high or sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, I would say. Um, the uh, symptoms of my disease started to show. Um, the, the bottom picture is uh, my family. We all looked pretty normal in our younger years. Uh, two of my brothers are, I believe, uh, impacted by this disease. Uh, my sister somehow was not impacted. Uh, and uh, who knows, maybe it was the postman. I'm, I'm just not sure. Um, 
And some of the other pictures uh, are pictures that uh, what I wanted to just show a little bit about is uh, through the years, kind of the ups and downs. Um, in the, in the uh, far left side, uh, one of the things that I tried in, in recovery was um, really finding my voice and singing and performing. And that was uh, singing case Stray Cat Strut. Um, it, it, uh, that's my tail uh, there and uh, my uh, purple zoot suit. And I loved, I, I, I'm a ham. Uh, and by that, I mean, I love to, uh, to perform even though I get uh, nervous. Uh, a lot of the pictures, the other pictures are with my wife. Um, some of the, the uh, many of the pictures that I had during the years were from Halloween. So kind of the gangster look in the bottom right-hand corner, uh, Elvis and Priscilla uh, in the bottom left-hand corner and uh, with my wife on vacation. The top center photo is, um, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, the last time before recovery that I thought, okay, I've got this. You know, the sky's blue. Um, I've lost the weight. And once again, uh, you know, my, I'm on top of the world. Um, lo and behold, I was not on top of the world. And um, let me see if I can get one other thing here. And this is just, you know, I, I, I'm an accountant by trade, I'm a CPA, and that doesn't mean certified pervert and alcoholic, it means certified public accountant. And so I track things. And uh, I remember Matt F uh, came in and he, he shared something similar. Um, so, I've been up and down the scale, right? And I had been down the scale in that picture that I, my last picture, I was down at the bottom of the scale here. And then here's 2020, boom, up the mountain again. And when I hit recovery, down the mountain again and uh, to, my, to my current weight. And um, that's just the way that, that my uh, recovery has been. It's been up and down. I'm a, I'm a yo-yo dieter. Um, so I'd like to talk about, you know, what, what life was like. Uh, I, I have a living problem and I need a living solution. Um, I thought that food was the answer to all my problems. And that's the way uh, my relationship with food um, was, was based, is that when I had a problem, I went to food. Um, uh, I, I will talk about how I got here and, um, you know, and, and what happened when I came to OA, I, I'm going to talk about my, my program and, and hopefully my higher power. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about, um, relapse also. So, you know, I mentioned in, in my eighth grade graduation picture there that, uh, I had started to see the symptoms of my disease. And, you know, if I had known what I know today, there were other things that were, you know, uh, non-scale things that were, uh, that were going on, um, you know, and, and throughout my life, I had just countless attempts to control uh, my, uh, my food and my weight. And I had countless attempts to control and manage my life and others. 
Um, as a kid, you know, the highlights were, I loved it when uh, in the U.S. we had something called the Helms Bakery Truck. They would drive around the neighborhoods and you could stop them and buy things. You know, they would be cream puffs and candy and donuts. And, oh, that was just, you know, just the highlight of my day. Uh, there was also the ice cream truck. He was so generous to come around our neighborhood and uh, give me an opportunity to uh, buy my, uh, you know, ice cream cream and popsicles and and that was the foundation of my uh alcoholic foods and and i can go back to there and very easily see where they started and um what i remember about being a, a child is that when i was in my house i i have very clear memories of sitting in the living room watching tv what i don't have memories of uh and and I was eating all my comfort foods. Um, I don't remember my parents ever limiting any foods or commenting when they disappeared from the from the fridge or you know me uh, drinking the Tom Collins mix that my father and mother had for cocktails or their bridge candy mix that they had in the cupboards and peanuts. Um, but you know, they were always there, all the food was there. And, and whether they were my parents' comfort foods or mine, I don't know. Uh, but I know that I, um, that I ate them and, and just really as much as I wanted. But I was isolated in that chair watching that TV and I had no awareness of anyone around me and my family. I have, I have three brothers uh, and sisters. Uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She was a trained nurse, but she was stay-at-home. But I, I just, no awareness of them. I was in my own little world. As I mentioned, I was wearing husky clothes. My father was a disciplinarian and I was just as happy to not have him home as to have him home. Um, when I was born, my mom uh, had postpartum depression and also when my younger brother, when I was about seven, has postpartum depression. And she was in the hospital for a number of months. And you know, looking back, I found out that um, my mom, uh, that my younger brother, when he was born, he uh, spent the first six months of his life with uh, a family member until my mom could come home and uh, take care of him. But as far as I was concerned, I had a normal life. Things were normal for me, right? Um, when I got married, I That's thought, 10 oh, minutes. Man, thanks. And, and that I, I thought that I had uh, a normal life. My mom, my wife had the abnormal life because of all the things she had been through. Um, but that wasn't really the case. So um, what I see, again, looking back, is how all of my character defects um, were perfect for me to survive as an infant and a child, that they were exactly what I needed at the time to get by in, in a world that um, I had felt like I was alone, that I felt like I was separate and apart from everybody. And, you know, I think some of the questions I had for uh, the people around me that I probably didn't ask is, uh, you know, am I enough for you? And it always shows up in my life. Will you be enough for me? The very first thing that comes into my mind when I meet you or when I come into a relationship with me is selfishly, are, are you going to be enough for me? Will I get enough food? Will I get enough time? Will I get enough attention? Will I get enough sex? Will I get enough acknowledgement? Do you even care about me? 
Um, I'm always screening and filtering my actions and facial expressions. You have to smile, you know, you just smile. And um, I, I just was uh, terrified that you would find out uh, what a weak-willed, dishonest fraud and failure uh, that I am. Um, I, I would never be satisfied by your acknowledgement. And, and it's funny that uh, I, I really try and acknowledge and appreciate the people around me. Um, and I would love it if that filled our, my spiritual hole and your spiritual hole. Um, but I do need to be reminded at time who I am because I have this uh, dishonest self image of me. Um, and uh, that, that uh, this uh, terrible person that I am is the truth. But uh, what I found out in my fifth step is that that's a lie. Um, so, you know, growing up, um, I kind of did the normal things. Um, the things that maybe were not a little bit normal. Um, I, I, I remember finding out later in my life that my grandfather had told my mother that I would cheat him when I played cribbage. And uh, I used to do dishonest things. Um, I found out that I could um, kind of manipulate my mother and get out of doing things by uh, saying I had a headache. And they took me to the doctor, and I probably did have some headaches. I was probably doing too much, you know, as a kid. Um, I was an altar boy. I was a boy scout. I was in uh, drum and bugle corps. I played the drums. I was supposed to practice, but I would lie about practicing, you know, my drum practice. I, I would uh, lie that I had these headaches, and my mom would have me take, the temp take my temperature every night and report it to the doctor. It was just really ludicrous, but those were the, you know, those were the earlier signs of, of my disease and uh, my dishonesty. As I grew up, um, you know, my pictures kind of show that there were uh, times where I was husky and then was active enough to kind of, uh, uh, you know, when you could go to the beach for uh, three, four hours a day and uh, body surf and swim, uh, it, you know, that it, it didn't matter what I was eating. Um, but when I got into a sedentary life, um, that's when the weight started to come on. And that's when I started to try and manage it with whey and pig. So um, the first time I came to OA, uh, nothing in my life was working. Um, I believe I was led to OA at that time. I came to OA uh, through a 12-step counselor that someone had recommended to me, not because they thought I was an addict, just because they were, uh, you know, they were someone that, were, that was recommended. And, uh, you know, my relationship with uh, a power greater than me didn't, really didn't exist, even though I was involved in church. Uh, I was the head of the administrative council. I was a Eucharistic minister. I was... I went to Catholic school as a kid, um, but I always felt separate and apart from it. I always felt like everyone in church had something that I didn't. Um, so uh, as I uh, got older and, and uh, found out that, you know, I, I didn't know everything that I thought I knew that I was 18 when I was 18. And the, um, the therapist got me, you know, she went to different 12-step programs. I went to OA and and OA was a good fit. 
and I worked the steps, you know, and I lost weight. I was abstinent. And I think I got stuck in step eight and, uh, and nine. And I was sponsoring, but I really don't think I, had, I was recovered because I, I just wasn't doing 10 and 11. Uh, yeah, I was giving away what I had in 12, uh, but, it, but it really wasn't uh, the whole thing. And the, the funny part was, is I was sponsoring with the big book and I had no clue. I was not related to the big book at all. I didn't know what the hell that book was, but they told me that it was central to uh, recovery. So um, I went up and down the scales here. You know, I was here in LA for about seven, eight years. And, and then I left, uh, I think I left because depression was the, the when I put down the food, uh, I was just depressed. Uh, I started doing antidepressants and working with psychologists and therapists. It's been a long, long history of working with uh, therapists. Um, at, at one point towards before I left OA, I was, uh, I was so depressed. I was uh, feeling suicidal and I, uh, I just thought, you know, I'd given recovery the college try and I checked into a mental hospital for 10 days. They kind of got my meds figured out and, uh, I came out and uh, after I was home for a few days, my wife said, well, you know what? I can't live with you. Uh, you need to go. And, and that was probably the beginning of the end of our relationship. Because if you, if you reject me, you're just telling me all the things that I already know about myself, that I'm worthless, that, you know, of course, I didn't really know that, but um, that was the, uh, the underlying infrastructure of, of who I was. So, um, you know, after that, um, it was kind of a whole series of things. Uh, I was divorced, um, I went bankrupt. Uh, my, I was a, a CPA in a professional partnership. They fired me, I went out on my own. Um, and uh, I just, you know, I, I was just barely surviving. I needed the financial help from, uh, from my dad. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful that he helped me, whether or not it was the right thing to do or not. And um, um, kind of fast forward um, through the years, I did every seminar uh, and uh, every um, self-help thing that I could find. You know, I did individual counseling. I did group counseling. I did expressive arts. I did singing programs. I read poetry. I wrote poetry. Um, all sorts of things that I did trying to fix myself. And what I, what I thought was is that clearly I wasn't enough. I thought that was the truth about me. And that if I got enough self-knowledge that I would fix myself, I don't need to be fixed. Yes, I do have a disease. And yes, it's, it's, there's a, a dual nature to it. Um, there's theology of the body and, and the mental twist, the obsession of the, uh, of the mind. And once I, I, I can't uh, not start from uh, eating my compulsive foods because of the buildup of emotions in my body. And I can't stop once I start eating my alcoholic foods and that's the nature of my disease and there's nothing in the world that is going to change that there's no self-help book uh, the only thing that helps is that you know i was able to use the big book of uh, alcoholics anonymous as guided by uh, my sponsor and 
and use the spiritual solution there. So what really got me back to OA? Um, you know, the, in 2019, I discovered uh, the uh, miracle of intermittent fasting and uh, fasting. And I took off all the weight. And um, I thought, once again, as I said, I had arrived. And I hadn't arrived. Um, shortly after I lost all the weight, uh, the scales were creeping back up. And um, in February of 2020, um, I uh, walked into my son's, my 41-year-old son's apartment one night, and we could we had been able to reach him, and he had died of complications of type one diabetes. And my disease was off and running. That's 20 I, minutes. Thank you so much. Um, I was lost and um, I was angry at God. Um, and yet I was desperate to have a connection to that God because I knew that that would, intuitively that that was my only hope. I was really bordering on, uh, on agnostic, agnostic and I was really starting to consider atheism, maybe that really was the right way to go. But there was this knowledge that, that, uh, that there was a higher power in, in something in the universe that was uh, greater than I was. Um, I was led, and trust me, I believe led. I went to a medium uh, to try and connect with my son that through that message, uh, my son said, dad, you need support. You're not getting that support at home. You need to go get support. After that, I connected with a uh, counselor who was someone I knew from earlier in my life when I was in OA. And she said, well, COVID, I can help you. You know, we can do it on Zoom. So we did it on Zoom. Within three or four weeks, she said, Paul, go back to OA. And I said, no, hell no. She said, and by the way, do 90 meetings in 90 days. And I said, no, hell no. I'll go for a week. So I went for a week and it became 90 meetings in 90 days. She kind of temporarily sponsored me at first. I started with the OA workbook. And I, you know, it's, I think it's a great way, but I stopped answering the questions. My first sponsor had been a program 40 years and he said, I'm not going to give you an assignment. You guys don't do the assignments. Why should I give you an assignment? You know, so I had a laissez-faire sponsor, which is not what I needed. Um, I started to hear uh, one lady share um, about sponsoring in the big book in a rapid period of time. I called her and I said, that's what I need. I had been abstinent for about 90 days, uh, but I knew that without the spiritual solution that I was, that I was gonna be right back to the same place that I was. So uh, she gave me a name of someone uh, the day before Christmas on uh, 2020. I contacted the sponsor and we started working the steps on uh, January 26th. By the end of January, I was uh, I had worked the steps and I was sponsoring, and um, I don't know whether I would call a relapse the 15 years in between when I left away and came back a relapse. I don't know that I could say I was recovered to be able to say that uh, it was a relapse. Was I abstinent for a certain period of time the first time? Yeah, but as I know now today, abstinence is just the beginning. And um, he worked me through the steps. I picked up one of my alcoholic foods at a lunch. I had gone over the doctor's opinion. I, was, I felt great, you know, for the first time in my life, I really felt great. 
Um, but I picked up one of my alcoholic foods because I had an ambiguity. It's okay if I have a little bit of whiskey in my mouth. What's the big deal? You know, but when I couldn't stop eating that food at that lunch that day, um, then uh, I started over. I was at step one. I worked the steps in about three weeks um, and I started sponsoring again. It's been, it's been a, a wild ride. And a big part of my recovery was um, changing the conception that I had of my higher power. You know, um, I, I already said I felt separate and apart from uh, everyone, and that included God. Um, I was raised with a conception of God. It was a fixed conception of God. And um, when I look back on it now, it, it, it was a God of my misunderstanding. I didn't really understand understand or have a personal relationship with God and that's that was what I was invited to to do in uh, OA in in step two my sponsor said create a job description for your higher power and that's where I got to set aside the uh, judgmental angry uh, God that was in the clouds the old man with the beard and to bring my higher power, who I call God, deep down into me, where I can connect to my higher power, uh, the great reality deep within every man, woman, and child, as the big book says, uh, that um, that's where I can connect with God. I'm not saying God's in my chest, but that's where I can connect. And uh, when I can bring the emotion and, and just, kind of focus and, and inside of me is where I connect with that higher power. Um, so uh, I heard in a meeting, someone said, you know, that God of their, their uh, not understanding. So I changed from a God of misunderstanding to a God of not understanding. I will never understand why God had to take my son at 41. I will never understand why his three children don't have a father. Um, you know, a physical presence of a father. I will never That's understand. 25 minutes. Thank you very much. Why um, any of that? You know, why are there wars? Why is there famine? You know, any number of things. Uh, I will never understand that. But um, I do, you know, by, by the grace of God and, and working these 12 steps, I was given... Uh, uh, a, a second chance, a third chance, a hundred chance, whatever it is. Uh, and God was able to take the most horrific, um, traumatic experience in my life and uh, gave me the opportunity to come to OA and find that relationship with a power greater than myself that I'd wanted my entire life, that had eluded me. And um, for that, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, eternally grateful. And there's a few things that I need to know about God. There's really only two. And, and one is that um, there is a God and I don't have to know everything about it. I don't have to understand, you know, the higher power I call God. And it's not me because I was trying to play God in my life and in your life and in everyone's life. The problem was always you, right? You're not following my script. Um, you're not giving me what I want. Um, you know, what I want to change from hour to hour to hour. So um, 
the other thing that I that I just want to touch on is, uh, you know, whether you're you're coming back from a relapse from yesterday, uh, six months ago, a year ago, um, whether you've never had a relapse and it just scares you to death is, um, we identify as compulsive overeaters when we show up here, and um, the shame and the guilt that we experience that I experience, and I think many people do about being a compulsive overeater. I, I believe there's two significant things that I'd like to share. And, and one is that um, God gave, my belief, you don't have to agree with it. I believe that God gave us default equipment and they're called basic instincts. And our basic instincts are to survive, right? So I'm always gonna be trying to protect and defend myself. And the way I do that, one of the things that I chose was, not chose, but I was compelled to do, like no fooling compelled, was to use food to relieve the body tension, to calm my nerves. You know, we eat for effect. And that effect is, is to get rid of that body tension, to get rid of the pain, to get rid of the discomfort. And uh, as I heard someone say in meetings, um, you know, as, as, as a speaker, he said, we can't, we didn't cause this disease, we can't control this disease, and we can't cure it. We are not to blame for this disease. Um, we're not responsible for this disease. However, once I know that there is a solution to this disease that I found in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, this spiritual solution, then I am 100% responsible for my recovery. And being 100% responsible for my recovery means I choose to work the steps. I choose to live in steps 10, 11, and 12. Steps one through nine are the recovery steps. And steps 10, 11, and 12 are the design for living, the living solution that I always wanted and that I need. Um, my disease is permanent, progressive, and fatal. Type two diabetes, hypertension, sleep apnea. Uh, you know, my toes were going numb. Uh, vitiligo and autoimmune disease. None of those were enough to get me to OA. The death of my son is what ultimately got me to OA. Um, and I don't recommend that as a as a way to get here. But what I uh, what I know for sure is that I was led here. <laughs> through the craziest way, through a medium, through a 12-step counselor that I knew in, in you know, my prior recovery. Um, once I got here, I've been led every step of the way. And um, it's, been a, it's been a journey of embracing being human. Um, my sponsor told me that, um, I will never forget this, and I've heard it many times, is that we will never evolve above the level of being human beings. What does that mean? I'm always going to have emotions. I'm always going to be, my instincts are going to be running the show 98% of the time, if not 99% of the time. And once I know that I'm in the grips of my emotions, in the grips of my fears, I can use this design for living to clear them away. I can That's choose time. to reconnect with the higher power I call God. And the steps have given me that design for living to live one day at a time the rest of my life. And um, with that, I'll pass and I'm open to any questions. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Paul. That was absolutely wonderful. And every time somebody comes to speak, and especially when it's people I know really well, I ask, 
for something to come in, you know, for some reading out of the big book. And today I got, this is perfect. It's um, from To Handle Sobriety, one of the stories on page 559. It starts in the bottom of 558. God willing, we members of AA may never again have to deal with drinking, but we have to deal with sobriety every day. How do we do it? By learning through practicing the 12 steps and through sharing at meetings how to cope with the problems that we look to boost to solve back in our drinking days. For example, we're told in AA we can't afford resentments and self-pity, so we learn to avoid these festering mental attitudes. Similarly, we rid ourselves of guilt and remorse as we clean out the garbage from our minds through the fourth and fifth steps of our recovery program. We learn how to level out the emotional swings that got us into trouble, both when we were up and when we were down. We are taught to differentiate between our wants, which are never satisfied, and our needs, which are always provided for. We cast off the burdens of the past and the anxieties of the future as we begin to live in the present one day at a time. We are granted the serenity to accept the things we cannot change and thus lose our quickness to anger and our sens sensitivity to criticism. Above all, we reject fantasizing and accept reality. The more I drank, the more I fantasized everything I imagined getting even for hurts and rejections. In my mind's eye, I played and replayed scenes in which I was plucked magically from the bar where I stood nursing a drink and was instantly exalted to some position of power and prestige. I lived in a dream world. AA led me gently from this fantasizing to embrace reality with open arms and I fought, found it beautiful. For at last, I was at peace with myself and with others and with God. <laughs>